Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Spirit Katana. I am your host, the old man. I am Ruby. And I am Jade Fire. And we are a father and children team of studying through uh, God's word, our our weapon, our God's weapon that we get to use to... Um, Defend ourselves, and well, no, that's not true. Uh, anyway, katana. We are we are studying the Bible, which is the the word of the or the word of the spirit, the sword, sword of the spirit, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, <laughs> sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Um, yeah, we prefer the katana sword because it's cool. <laughs> it is cool. All right, and. This week we are going through Acts 9 through 16. We usually go eight chapters at a time. Um, If we need to adjust that in the future, we will, but for now that's what we do. Um, And yeah, so starting with 9. So, the last two chapters we dealt with Stephen and his death, and Saul over... The first death of... uh, The first martyr. The first martyr of... Christianity? Yes. I would say second because Jesus, but then some people might argue that he resurrected himself. That, that doesn't count. Yeah, well, he's still murdered. Murdered. Whatever. Anyway, um, so in Acts seven and eight, we had the well, mostly seven. We had the death of Stephen, and then eight gave us one last verse about that. Saul watched it, right, mm-hmm. and and approved of it. Yep. And he went on persecuting Christians. Uh-huh. And we continue with Saul's zealous mission in Acts 9. Yep. So, yeah, he decided to... Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, and he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there in the synagogues who belonged to the way... This is the way. Whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Yes. Um. What does it mean by letters of authority? Is it like when we sign papers here? Is that what those were? So in different cultures and different times, um, a lot of times you needed letters from your own lords or the lords of other things and stuff to be able to travel to other cities or to gain access to certain buildings and things like that and it's kind of like with the police in a way where they can't go into a person's home without a warrant and they need to go to a judge and be like hey i need a warrant for this and to have a warrant you have to have a valid reason we're pretty sure this and this and we can prove it we're like that they're hiding this criminal or that they got you know 
a meth lab in their house or whatever. What's a meth lab? A lab where you make meth. What's meth? Drugs. Oh. Um, <laughs> anyway. And so they need a warrant. They need papers to be able to get in there. So he wanted papers to allowed him to arrest any people that claimed to follow the way or Christ that showed up in the normal Jewish synagogues. And he had to go to the high priest for that because, hey, he's like, hey, high priest, I need permission to go into these religious places and arrest these men and women if so, they are following the way. So it's kind of opposite with them as it would be here with um, police checking out criminal houses. It's more like um, the darkness and the people who don't believe in Jesus trying to arrest the people who do believe in Jesus. Right. To them, that's right and wrong. But. Right, right. Yep. So that's what that's about. Okay. Good question. Thank you. Um, I also just like that they call it the way, and not, and I like that even before the Mandalorian. <laughs> I just, I just like that it's called the way because Jesus is. The way. the way. Um, but then, on his way to Damascus, when he got close, that's the place he was going to go start trying to arrest some people in the synagogues, what happened to Saul? I like this part. I'm sure a lot of people like this part. <laughs> well, um, what happened to him is, when he was riding, a bright light from heaven shone around him, and he fell to the ground... And a voice spoke and said to him, a booming voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The man accompanied... Oh, that's all he said. (laughs) I I kept going. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Well, there is more, because Saul asks a question. He's like, who are you, Lord? Um, (laughs) That's like the stupidest question ever. Who are you, Lord? That's after that little part no. for me. It's not like right away. Yeah, mine says, who are you, Lord? And then, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. And then it talks about the men traveling with Saul stood up there speechless. They had heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Yes, and uh, although Saul's eyes were open after that, um, he could see nothing. He was blind. Yep, he opened his eyes, but no longer could see. So, yes, we had Saul get blinded, and so then he had to be led into Damascus, right? Yes. Yes, he did. And then, after he's taken to Damascus, we switch uh, focus to somebody else. Well, before mine does, um, I just found it interesting that he Mm. was fasting in those days, when Mm. he was blind for... Three days he didn't eat or drink. Yep. And couldn't see and couldn't see a thing. When you die if you can drink for three days? Um If you don't drink for a while, you can die. Um it varies and on how long you can go, but not very long. You can go a lot longer without food than you can water. Oh, yeah. Alright. Um so yeah, he was blind, did not eat or drink anything. But who was in Damascus before that? Before that? Yeah, like, before he got there, like, it sounds like somebody else was in Damascus. I guess it doesn't say he was there before him, but it suggests that it is. Anyway, what happened to Ananias, a disciple he, he, of the Lord? He 
has a vision. Yes, he has a vision. Thank you. That tells him to go see Saul. I don't know where this is. You might want to read that. Verse 11 and 12. Okay. My thing literally has 11 and 12, not 11th and 12th. The Lord said, Go at once to the street called Abundance and look for a man from Tarsus named Saul. You will find him at Judah's house while he was praying. He saw in a supernatural vision a man named Ananias coming to lay hands upon him to restore his sight. And then I actually like this whole area. And then Ananias said, I think, But Lord, Ananias replied, Many have told me about his terrible persecution of those in Jerusalem who are devoted to you. In fact, the high priests have authorized him to seize and imprison all those in Damascus who call on your name. The Lord Yahweh answered him, Arise and go. I have chosen this man to be my special messenger. He will be brought before kings before many nations and before the Jewish people to give them the revelation of who I am. And I will show him how much passion for me. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. I know what yours says. I'm just letting you know. He is destined to suffer because of the passion for me. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. I understand that. So then Ananias went to see Saul, despite being nervous to do so, because Saul had been persecuting them, and he touched him, and then things like scales fell from Saul's eyes. It's like God just, like, put scales on his eyes, and then, like, he just covered his eyes with something, and then... So then, immediately, Saul, well, first, I guess not immediately, he spent several days with the disciples in Damascus, and he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God, so he went to the synagogue still! But now he's preaching about Jesus instead of arresting the people that believe Jesus. Didn't he get baptized immediately? Uh, Yeah, he got up and was baptized. After taking some food, he regained his strength. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. So, like, right after the scales fell, baptism. Yeah, within an hour is what mine says. Interesting. So, yeah, he spent several days there with the disciples, probably learning a little bit and also preaching. Um... Because he also probably knew a lot of stuff from the Old Testament. He studied up on it, which is what a lot of them did, and that's why they didn't like Jesus, because they thought he was going against it. Oh! And claiming to be God himself. So they believe that they believe in Jesus. They believed in God. They believed in God. They didn't believe in Jesus. Well, yeah. That makes sense. And so, or at least, I mean, they believed that Jesus was a person. Who claimed to be the son of God. They did not believe he could be the son of God. Some didn't even believe that God could take human form. That is just ridiculous. Yep. Um, For limiting God's power. Yes. They, yeah. A lot of people, and we still do this today. A lot of us box, put God into a box. We do? Yes. Just by, like, random things that we believe just without thinking. Like, we don't say, hey, we believe this, but the way we act shows that we are actually... Not believing God will take care of us in a, situ- in a situation or whatever. And we try to suggest that he can't do things like give somebody dreams or heal somebody still. We box him in and be like, no, he only does this. Huh. But he can do. Yep, he can do anything. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's very common for people to limit 
God's influence or power, or like that he can't be there for everyone, or that he doesn't care about everyone because he doesn't have the time to deal with everybody's prayers and concerns, or whatever. There's a lot of mis and skewed things. So, like for example, I didn't often pray over minor things in my life, or what I felt were probably minor, like the trees getting removed and things like that, because I believed God didn't care that much about something so piddly like it was just for my own sake that why would he care about my trees he has much bigger plans and this world is passing away right so i put him into a box of like well he you know he has he has infinite time he can do all these things (laughs) now he's not always going to just take care of everything that i pray about because not every little problem because of whatever reasons, you know, like, he, maybe it's good for me to have those things. Maybe it's there to protect me. Who knows? He knows what's best. <laughs> yeah. But he is a perfect father, and he will give us good things. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, so after Saul spent some time there, he was moving on, I think. And he has to escape from Damascus. Yes, because he was baffling them, and then they're like, wait a second. (laughs) And then he came to Jerusalem, and he tried to join the disciples there. But what happened there? They're like, no, it's Saul! (laughs) They were all afraid of him, and not believing that he really was a disciple. They thought he was tricking them. Yep. A little spy, you know? Like, oh yeah, I'm your friend now, now I'm gonna arrest you. (laughs) But obviously he kept on going and was getting some good work done. Yeah? Yep. So anything else in chapter 9 for all y'all? We had the whole conversion of Saul and his the beginning of his mission. Um, I made a note about Dorcas restored to life. Mm. Where's that? That's the end of chapter 9. Um. I don't think she has it. Peter raises the dead? Yeah. Is that it? Okay. Probably. Why'd you underline it? Um, well, I just think it's, for one, I thought his name, the name was hysterical. Many people do. Dorkers, come here. Dork wasn't a term that they had back then. <laughs> but still, it's very funny. And, uh, him, like, I just... Decided to start keep track or trying to keep track of how many resurrections there's been, mm. and this is one of them, and that's about it for chapter nine. There was nothing. Hold on, though. In that area you liked? Oh. Wait, hold, never mind. Um, yeah. I mean, it was good that she was a translator. <laughs> so yeah, she became. Let's see, in Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died. So it was Tabitha that died, not Dorcas. Oh, wait, what? Mm. Her body was washed and placed in the upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. Peter went with them. And then he arrived and he was taken upstairs to the room all the Widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Uh, Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. So Tabitha was the one who was resurrected. And no one's name was Dorcas, I don't think. Oh, wait, hold on. 
That's all my bad. Sorry, Dorcas is Tabitha. What? In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. <laughs> I would go. So never mind. I was the one. So she made clothes, and they were showing the clothes that she made before she died. I think it's sad that she died helping the poor. Or sort of sad that, not exactly, but like good, good that she died helping the poor. But good works won't get you into heaven, so hopefully she believed if she was going to stay dead. Well, she didn't stay dead either way, so. Hopefully she does believe. Well, if nothing else, she probably did after she came back up. But I'm guessing she was helping the poor because she did believe. My guess, too! I'm just saying, hopefully she believed. Because it said she was a disciple, didn't it? Oh, yeah. You said that. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. Mm Mm-hmm. A.K.A. Dorcas. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. I'm going to Google Translate. No, no, no. Would they call her Dorcas? Or would they call her Tabitha there? I don't know. I mean, Tabitha and Dorcas might not even be the correct pronunciations or whatever, though. Dorcas. I don't know. I don't know enough about the language, so. Well, you need to know more. It really doesn't matter for their names. It just matters that we know what's the main thing. Yeah, the main thing to know is that Jesus died for our sins. <laughs> and we just need to believe in him. Just like how the Israelites just need to look at the snake. Sapphira. You didn't know that. Sappy? Sapphira. <laughs> anyway. Sapphira! So, moving on. So that was Peter. So we did a bunch of stuff with Saul, and then we joined Peter, who was also known as the one that resurrected Tabitha. Well, God resurrected Tabitha. The one who went up there to do it. Mm-hmm. What's his other name? John? No. No, it's not John. I know it. Peter's other name before he... Oh, I want to figure it out. <laughs> Besides Jesus, he's like one of the main... Well, Mary, maybe. I know! He's like the main character in The Chosen. Simon? There we go. Simon Peter. Yay. I'm the winner. Because there was two Simons in in the group of apostles. Simon, who was called Peter, and Simon the Zealot. Wait, why was he called Simon the Zealot? Simon the Zealot was a zealot. What's a zealot? Yeah, what is... To have zeal for something is an overriding passion for things. Um, So he was... Well, like, Saul was a zealot, too. To a degree. Like, he was out there persecuting... He was very zealous about getting this job done and stopping these people from blaspheming God. So Simon the Zealot was a zeal for some sect of religion. I don't remember. Okay. Anyway. So then, so that was Peter. And we're still following Peter, it looks like, when we get to uh, Cornelius, a centurion, in chapter 10. What's a centurion? A centurion is someone who's in charge of a bunch of people in the military. But there was no military. Oh! The Roman people? He was a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. Yes. That's interesting. That Because no one liked Rome. So, oh wait, Italian? So, it might have been part of Rome at the time or something. I don't know. I don't know the history there. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing, 
And he gave generously. Yeah, but... And prayed to God regularly. But he's in charge of the Romans. Rome is bad. Just because a country is doing bad things does not mean everybody in that country is. Same with like a church. Everybody who goes to church isn't saved. Right? I suppose. Wait. They would be? Just because you go to church, you think you're saved? That's how you get saved? That's not how. So if they have not yet accepted Jesus in their hearts and they walk into that church building and attend the service to try to learn more about God or because somebody dragged them there, Slash are they saved? Parents. <laughs> right. So are they saved? I suppose not. Mm-hmm. If I became a bank robber. That would be sad. That would be sad. But would that make you all criminals? Nope. Unless you, like, drag this into the way, and then we're like, okay, this sounds like a good idea. Well, right, you would have to make a decision. Yes. It doesn't make you, just because your leadership in the home is doing bad things does not make you part of that. Mm-hmm. Make sense? That makes sense. Okay. Now, if you start supporting it and stuff, even if you're not doing it yourself, that's where we start getting into an issue, but... Anyway. I suppose. So he's a centurion. Who believes in God, and an angel shows up. Uh, yes, an angel comes to Cornelius. And he wants Peter. Oh, yeah. Didn't, um, didn't he ask to go to, didn't he tell him to go find Peter? He said, send men to go get Peter. Simon the Rock. Oh, that makes so much more sense now that you brought up that Peter has two names. I was like... When the people got to the house, they were asking for Simon the Rock, and Peter comes down and is like, you're looking for me, and I'm like, no, they're looking for Simon, but okay. That makes so much more sense! Where do you get the name The Rock? Is he Dwayne The Rock Johnson? What? Is Peter Dwayne Johnson The Rock? <laughs> I don't know what you guys think. Well, you said Peter, the, or Simon The Rock. Uh-huh. There was an actor named Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He used to go by the rock when he was wrestling. He's the guy that's in Jumanji. And Jumanji. Well, the, the newer Jumanjis. Big, big, strong guy. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. I know you do. Um, so is, is, I watch YouTube. Because we've talked about it before? I don't know. Yeah, I watch YouTube. That too. Um, but the rock. So is that is that who he really is? Is he actually Dwayne Johnson? No. no. Why is he called the rock then? Because of his rock-like faith and like, we even have like songs or so he has rock like faith, so everybody knows him as Simon the Rock. Everybody. You are being annoying now. I'm just asking questions. I doubt anybody else really Jesus gave him, him the name. Oh, really? Yes. That's why I'm asking. He said, You are the rock that this will be built upon. That I will build that I will build my church on, right? Uh yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> Alright. So anyway, they go they're out to get Peter, and then Peter Who's in another place has a vision. Yep. What does he see in his vision? We're dealing with a lot of visions lately. Mm-hmm. Saul has a vision. Ananias has a vision. He sees Cornelius has a vision. <laughs> he sees a bunch of meats from different times. Or he sees like pig is the main thing. And, like, other stuff like that. Animals but, considered unclean. Yes. And like chicken who walks Jesus around. Jesus tells him that he can eat those food now. 
And what does Peter say? But they're unclean. Yep. And then what does God say? He has clean, cleansed them. Don't call anything I have made clean or called clean, unclean, or whatever. Yes. Um, what is the meaning of that vision? Um, people don't call any people sinful. You not sinful. It was an opening of going after the Gentiles and not just preaching to the Jews. Where is that? Where's what? The whole vision. The vision? Uh, I don't know, 9 through 16? Verse 10, 9 through 16. Oh, Peter's trance. Yeah, I have that all kind of squared in. And while Uh, he was trying to figure out that vision, that's when Cornelius' men showed up. Yeah, and then I think he said he knew that God didn't have favoritism. Or is that somewhere else? I mean, that is a gist of what is happening here. Um, I don't know if it says those words specifically, at least in my translation, but, but yes, he eventually goes to Cornelius, um, let's see, blah, 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 oh, they're all, like, revering Peter as something amazing, and he's like, whoa, whoa, guys, stand up, I'm just a person just like you guys, because <laughs> you gotta think about it, where did Peter come from? He was just a fisher guy, mm-hmm. right? And he even said that he was a sinful man to Jesus when Jesus showed up. Mm-hmm. So he he's not anything special. Jesus picked a bunch of people to go spread his word. He picked normal, sometimes even lower status type people to be like, hey. Like, he, picks a, he picked a tax collector. Everybody hated the tax collectors. Yeah, yeah here we go. Yeah, so down in 34... After um, Cornelius explains his own vision, and seeing, like they're having a big old conversation about visions and what they've seen and saw, and he's like, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. So he already knew that God didn't show favoritism, or at least had heard that. Oh. But he's like, I now realize just how true it is. Like, I'm getting okay. it. Okay. One of my notes was he didn't know that before. I'm sure he had heard or things like that. Like, it's possible. I don't know. Like, he, he knew some scripture and stuff. He went, I'm sure he went to this, like, the synagogue on occasion, got some teachings, whatever. But, and he saw what Jesus did while he was his apostle, and they went to all kinds of people. But it's still, I mean, all of us are a little thick-headed sometimes. Sometimes it takes us a while to really grasp it. And even when we think we really got it, then something else comes along later that really makes it even bigger to us. <laughs> so, yeah. So he's just learning that, yeah, they're, it's not just for the Jews and stuff. It's every person from every nation, as long as they fear God and trust in Jesus. Do you have any notes about it, Fire? About, um... Chapter 10? Yeah. Or the whole vision, Maria? Ooh! Um... And Gentiles hear the good news. And so Peter's open says um a bunch of stuff that I'm from what I get um that God told him. Um so he's basically like preaching right now and um and he says in the last verse of the section to him, all the believers in him receives forgiveness of sins through 
through his name. They, um, like, when we were watching The Chosen last night, um, it, um, Jesus was there and said, your sins are forgiven. Yep. So, I just found that really, um, interesting because I, I even reviewed a little bit today to add anything that I might have missed. And uh, that was one of the things. And then the Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles. Is that the title you have? So much yeah, we have very different. Mine said the Holy Spirit falls, and I'm like, what? Like, fails, falls, you know? Honestly, for me, I have Peter at Cornelius' house as my heading for when Peter started having vision. Or no, no, when Peter started out with them. To go to Cornelius, and that's the last title I have for that chapter. Like, I don't have it broken up even more like some of you guys do. Well, he has a lot more breaking up yeah. than I do. Yeah. And I want you to know that the titles, well, the reason they can be so different and some of them aren't there for other people, that's not in the original Bible stuff. That's other people, after they translated, gave the title to help kind of figure out what that story is about. Yes. Well, not just young, man. Any because some some people don't know Christ until they're much older too. Anybody who doesn't really know the Bible, I believed in God for a long time, but I didn't really read the Bible. Would that be better worded? Sure. Um. Anyway. Um. Oh, uh, one thing I wanted to mention. So Peter with the animals, the vision. Mm-hmm. Um. That vision is, it seems, specifically about um, acknowledging that Gentiles. And other people from other nations are not unclean. They can be saved and be Christians as well. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's what the vision is mostly trying to convey to Peter. It is not necessarily telling us that it's okay to eat these unclean animals. Wait, so they can't eat Hold on. Please listen. Please listen. It's not necessarily saying that. And some people view it that way. So there are people today that will not eat the animals that are considered unclean based off of Moses' law. Okay? Mm-hmm. Which is God's law. From the Old Testament. Why? But how do they know that for sure? Well, how do you know that you can now eat any animal? Because I do, and I'm still going to be saved. Well, that's true. You can be saved, but you can still do wrong things, and we should be striving not to do wrong things, right? So, some would, some would still consider it that way, and they would tell you that this verse does not imply that you can. And I would agree... To a point that this verse does not say, or this passage does not say that. However, God chose to communicate to Peter with this particular vision, which seems to suggest that the animals are also now not considered an unclean thing necessarily, is what I would think. Otherwise, it would be very confusing to use the image of animals still have the that you still have to follow the law of the animal rule, but now you can preach to Gentiles. You get what I'm saying? Yes. There are other passages in the Bible that also suggest that it's okay to eat them, but in this case, I can see why people would say that it doesn't say you can eat whatever you want, but I also think that that would be a very confusing gut message that God gave us then. (laughs) Mm Alright. So I just just want you guys to think about it, because like, and think through it all, All alright? Not just accept it because maybe I've said it, or other people have said it. I can be wrong, trust me. <laughs> As we had with the whole Dorcas thing. Anyway. Um, so then we move on to chapter 11. 
Anything stand out to anybody here? I mean, immediately there were circumcised people. Because it used to be part of the law to be circumcised. Yes. Which it no longer is, which is another example of why we can probably eat food too. But anyway. Um, and he went to uncircumcised people because they weren't Jewish. They were Gentiles, right? Yeah. The How do you uncircumcise somebody who's been circumcised? Uncircumcised means you weren't circumcised. Oh. So non-circumcised people. How about that? Does that make it clearer? But how does he do that to people? And they say... No, he didn't do that. He went to them. He went to sit and eat with uncircumcised people. Oh. And the circumcised people are like, whoa, whoa, Peter. What the heck? You were eating with uncircumcised people. Just like people were with Jesus. You're eating with tax collectors and sinners. Thing says, uh, why did you stay in the home of the people who are Jewish? You even ate meals with them? Yep. And so then Peter explained his actions, basically telling us the same things we already learned in the last chapter. <laughs> Which is why I don't have a whole lot of notes for this one, because it is somewhat of a retelling and ex- explanation of why he believes what he does. Now, we can, and we've already kind of talked about that. Now, it's good that he did that, and it's also good to know that some people are like, well, hey, 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 why are you doing this? And thinking it's wrong, and be like, it's not wrong. God wants us to talk to these people. Jesus himself was trying to talk to these people. Yeah. And we learned that uh, those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. Um, Where are you? Uh, all the way down in verse 19. Oh, so we're still chapter 11. Yep. Oh. Um, now, oh. And, okay, there. And, and see, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. So we just got more people being like, hey, hey, and they're reaching out to people that aren't Jewish, like the Greeks. Mm-hmm. This is important. Like this is like, hey, hey, we get to spread this news to everybody. And how did they all get to these other cities? Because Stephen got killed and they were persecuted, so they scattered, and so the message is going everywhere. Yeah. So, they killed one person. The virus spread. <laughs> Slash the good news. Yeah. Good news is better too. And it wasn't just Stephen. They were arresting and other like men and women and stuff too. But. And it's like, scatter! Let's go spread the news somewhere else! And so they all scattered to different areas. And so they just made the news spread even further. They were not happy about that. As in guards and stuff. Yep. Uh, let's see. And then we have, in chapter 12, chapter 12. a cool escape from prison. Well, that's the one um, I'm super excited about. No, not the one I'm super excited about. James and killed and Peter imprisoned my question in that is why did herod only kill one instead of both uh, let's see it was a time it was about this time that king herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them he had james the brother of john put to death with the sword when he saw that this met with approval among the jews he proceeded to seize peter also after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. So, he was planning on killing more. So far, it sounds like he only had James. Mm, 
And then he just arrested Peter and was probably planning on killing him too. Which is why he was so heavily guarded. Okay, that makes more sense. So James, one of the apostles, was killed. By Herod. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there's James and John, the sons of thunder. They were also fishermen with Simon. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're called the, chi- the people of thunder. Sons of thunder. All right, so then, because he saw that the Jews really liked it when he killed James, he's like, well, I'm going to make sure I seize more of these guys and kill them, too. So he sees Peter. And so while Peter was there... I'm pretty sure my translation implies that he was trying to kill Peter. Yeah, for sure. Um... Herod intended to bring him out for a public trial after the Passover. Um, let's see. But the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains and sentries. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then he told him to put on his clothes and get him out there. And what did Peter think of this the whole time? That was a dream. That it was a dream. (laughs) Because it seemed like one. <laughs> like, but then I'll go with you. Realized that it wasn't. Yep. And then when he finally realized it wasn't, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. So there were people praying for him while he was in there. I have something kind of out of scripture, but like it's written in here. A young servant girl named Rose got up. To see who it was when Peter so was knocking on the door. Interesting. Yeah, I just find that interesting. Mine calls her Rhoda. Rhoda? Mine doesn't call her na- by R-H-O-D-A. a name at all. R-H-O-D-A. Well, mine spells R-O-S-E. Yep. Like a rose. I gotcha. Which is my sister's favorite name to go by. And obviously they, he was known there. Because when 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 he recon- uh, when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. Which I think is just hilarious. It's I a hilarious, it's... interesting note to keep in the Bible. It's like, oh, she totally forgot about him at the door and went to go tell everybody and then had to go back and get it. And he's just, like, standing there knocking, and then when he comes in, he tells them to be quiet when he was standing there banging on the door. Yeah. How quiet was he being? Yeah, so then they thought it was Peter's angel instead of Peter, which I don't know what that means. Like his... Like, he like got, a ghost. Yeah, like a ghost. Maybe. Or I don't maybe know. maybe they literally thought he Or maybe his guardian angel or something. I really have no idea. Maybe they thought that he literally got to go up and be an angel. Um, so yeah, he got to escape, and then Herod died. Oh. Um... Yeah, Peter is my favorite um person next to Jesus, of course. Um, so when he when I read that he was being rescued, I instantly put down a note. Yay! He <laughs> saved. Look. Yep, I see. I saw it earlier. And then the death of Herod. Good. He yeah. deserved it. <laughs> I said. I, um, when he said, I saw that, I told him that technically everyone deserves death, but if we believe in Jesus, then we don't have eternal everlasting death. That's what I wanted to say. You can. Well, I don't need to say it now. You knew the answer. Good. Because I was saying it. I replied. But still. It's true, though. I, I we all like deserve des- death. I, I feel like and- he deserved it more, because he literally 
killed no? someone. Who did Jesus die for, Jade? Um, everyone? Yep. Guess who that includes? I'm gonna erase that. <laughs> <laughs> it is It is wrong of us to try to... We should not be taking joy in people's eternal damnation. Sad. It is super sad. I mean, like, some people were evil when they were here, but it's still sad. Like, they can't trust in Jesus because then they'll be, like, perfect. Because we are all sinful. We were all dead to sin. We all deserved complete <clears throat> final death. Yes. And it is only by God's grace and love that he sacrificed his son. His only son. And had him wow. separated from himself, which is also part of him. It was very complicated. And died... That death. He took all of our sin and died for it. All of our sin put him up there. We are all super guilty. We're all as, we're all as guilty as Herod. We're all as guilty as Judas. Yes, Judas too. <laughs> we are guilty, but we have been forgiven. And all we have to do is accept that grace. So basically, he's like, yeah, I know you all did wrong things. But now, just come over here. Come with me. And still some are like, no. Kind of like with the snake on the cross thing. No, I'm sure some people it, were like, I don't want to go out and look at some snake. <laughs> it's just a cruel joke. Wow. Anyway. That's from Moses. <laughs> anyway. So Herod had been quarreling with the people. Uh, and they asked for peace because they depend on the king's country for their food supply. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robe, sat on his throne... And delivered a public address to the people, and they shouted. So he gave a big old speech, and then the people shouted, This is the voice of a god, not of a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the Wait. word of God continued to spread and flourish. Like a bunch of worms literally came and ate him? Or? I don't know for sure what that statement means. I don't know if they were already in his system. Maybe they were like the kind of worms that grow in your stomach and eat you. What? There's worms in hell? It's not a common thing. Anyway. Oh, jeez. Anyway. Why? Why? But also Why? when you die, a lot of times worms just eat your corpse. Oh. 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 Okay. Let's stop talking about this. So I don't really know for sure what it was that struck him dead. It's possibly an illness that was beforehand. Who knows? But my point is, is that they called him a god. And because he didn't stop them from saying such things and giving glory to actual god, death. But we already knew that Herod wasn't the greatest person to throw some other stuff, so. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Oh. All right, chapter 13. I need to flush okay. that out of my brain. <laughs> the toilet? <laughs> so, yeah. I wish I had my, my brain had a toilet. And, like, in the middle, like, even before we got to the Peter thing and the Scheme for Risen, we did have some passages about Barnabas and Saul getting sent on some mission mm -hmm. to, like, spread some word. And then at the end of that last chapter, they came back. Um, so we know that they've been busy, too. But we were focused on other things right now. Yeah. Um, There's a part I got, buddy. Okay, so this one is the one where they, where Barnabas and Saul meet up with a um, Jewish sorcerer and false prophet, right? Yep. And what did they name him in yours? What did uh, they say his name was? I don't know how to pronounce it. Elimus? 
Okay, so when is uh, what is your say in verse six? In verse six, um, as far as Papias, where they encountered a Jewish false prophet, a sorcerer named Elimus. Oh, so it just says Elimus. Okay, mine calls him Bar Jesus there. Bar Jesus. Bar Jesus. B A R dash Jesus. Um. I don't remember for sure what bar means. I want to say it means, like, son of or something. So he might have been son of somebody else named Jesus. I think he is the... Yep, 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 yep. My thing says son of Jesus. Ah! Well, there you go. So he wasn't the son of Jesus Christ, just to make that clear. Oh, okay. That makes so much more sense. But he was probably the son of a person named Jesus. Or maybe he even claimed to be like the son of Jesus because he was a false prophet. So maybe he was claiming he was the son of the son of God. No, he was on that cross and then left. He didn't he didn't have any son in there. <laughs> I mean the Bible doesn't state it. But my, there are some people that believe he had a family and stuff. I don't think that's accurate, but some people believe Well it. he had a father, a mother and I mean a family of his own, like a wife and children. I forget where that belief comes from. I, I've heard of it before. I've not researched it. So yeah, but then it says Alimus the Sorcerer the rest of the time when I see his name show up. But uh, he had a, let's see, a problem. And what did Paul do? <laughs> well, what did God do through Paul? Saul. He rebuked him and called him the son of the devil. Don't. You are a child of the devil. And an enemy of everything that is right. You are oh full goodness. of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind for a time. Not even able to see the light of the sun. And immediately he was blind. I don't think that anyone, anybody that's blind can't see the light of the sun. There are different levels of blindness, at least uh, what we consider blindness in our current day and age, at least. Oh, really? And do you remember one of the people that Jesus healed? He put mud on his eyes, and he had to do it more than once. Was it the mud? One of the people he healed from blindness, he had to do it twice. I don't remember that. I remember him spitting in the dirt mm -hmm. to make mud, mm -hmm. and he rubbed down the eyes. And then when he could see, he's like, what do you see? And he's like, I see things that look like trees walking around and things like that like he still couldn't see clearly it was blurry and so he did it one more time and then he could see perfectly so anybody who has to wear glasses mm, there is a legal blindness that says you would need to wear them glasses if you're driving so that you otherwise you're considered blind and shouldn't be driving um but there's just uh i know i know of a person that's blind but he can see almost like some light and stuff, but only like in a certain, like it's a very narrow, it's almost like being able to look like this, but even still blurry. So he can see enough to like even get around to a degree, but he's missing a lot of vision, so he's blind. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, you could be, you would be able to drive like this. That would be really dangerous, yes. Uh, I'm putting our finger very small in front of our eyes. But what I like about this is that Paul uses some very strong language. In his rebuke. Like, as soon as he and starts some, becoming a Christian. And there are like... plenty of people that would tell you that if you were to say things like this today, if you're doing it in the right circumstances and God has given it to you, that's the only time you should. But people would say that you are not Christian. You are not loving them. <laughs> we need to be more tolerant. Um, people, people, There are people that are truly Christians that would be like, ooh, you're being real harsh. You shouldn't talk like that. So anyway, so then we had... 
Some more preaching and teaching? <laughs> Some more preaching and teaching? That's like the whole Bible. Well, right. I think it's funny for one of my headings. It's Paul and Barnabas at Antioch in Turkey. In Turkey? In Turkey! Well, Turkey's a country. It's just funny. Just like Chile. Just like Hungary. Alright. Um, so yeah, they give a big old preaching about stuff. In verse 38 and 39, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. So I just, I like that whole thing that we're completely set free from our sins and justified as long as we're with Jesus, through Jesus. It's very good news. It's the good news. <laughs> All right, chapter 14. At Iconium. So Paul and Barnabas get to speak boldly some more. And the Lord even confirmed it by his grace by enabling the, them to perform signs and wonders. Uh, they healed a lame man in Lystra. And what happened when they healed the, the lame man in Lystra? What had happened? What did the people do to Paul and Barnabas? We're down in like a verse 11. Gods have come down to us um, in the form of men, they shouted. Yep. And they called Barnabas Zeus. And Paul they called Hermes. Oh, I remember this. I had to study it. Yep. And the priest of Zeus, who was, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. Oh, my. They thought they were gods, and they wouldn't be persuaded. And then Peter and Bar or Paul and Barnabas tore their clothes and ran out into the street, and they basically said, we are not Yeah, why God. are you doing this? We're trying to teach you about We're God. only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you that to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Um, and he has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. Then the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. Only thinking, though. Yep, Did but after rest? the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. And then the next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. <laughs> like, right after he was supposedly dead, so probably quite injured at that point. Yep. And the very next day, he goes for most likely miles yep. of a walk. It's like, dude, a doctor. So it's super easy. interesting to me, and how willing people are to not turn to God, is that they decided to believe that they were some of the Greek gods, like Zeus and Hermes, right? They tried to convince them otherwise. Then the Jews showed up and convinced them of their ways, or at least that not to follow Paul and Barnabas, and let them all stone Paul. I don't know where Barnabas was at the moment. But... Barnabas just leaving his body behind. He's like, I don't want to get stoned. That that's painful. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where Barnabas was in that situation. Maybe he was getting some Taco Bell. <laughs> you and the Taco Bell. Man. It was Julie who started it, or I mean Ruby. You continued it. It's all good. Anyway, then they return to uh, Antioch and Syria, and then we get to Acts 15, the council at Jerusalem. Mm. So I found this part very interesting. Uh, the beginning of chapter 15. Oh, 
Certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. That's a lie. Yeah. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. And the church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the believers very glad. Um, then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. So Peter was there too. So we were following Paul and Barnabas' this little trip. Peter ended up in this whole no more Paul. conversation. But it just said that they were sent to the elders and apostles, and he's yep. one of the apostles. No, I know, Peter, but, the, no but, he also, he but Peter had be been out doing other things, too. So, you know, Peter. it's possibly what is going to be there. I don't know. But he's like, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message. So he's going back to what he had his vision about and talking about how he's been talking to the Gentiles. And in the end, they all concluded that, no. Well, Why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke, so a weight of duty, that neither we nor our ancestors were even able to carry? Like, we couldn't even do it fully. That's why we needed Jesus. Yep. And now you want them to do these weird things that we were trying to do? No, this, we're free from this. <laughs> Guys, stop. Shut up. <laughs> So yeah, I thought that was really cool. And they all became silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. And then James spoke up. Brothers, he said, listen to me. Simon, he described to us how God first intervened to choose a people for his name from the Gentiles. Uh-huh. So yeah, big old council where everybody had some, some disagreements and stuff going on and they had to hash it all out. But then they did. Literally. And then they wrote a letter to send to them. But then, so we had a sharp disagreement with Paul and Barnabas with those people teaching that, right? Mm-hmm. Then, suddenly, sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word. So they wanted to support those places where they started it. Started, basically started churches and go support them, right? Yep. But they both wanted to take different people with them. Well, Barnabas wanted to take Mark, but John called Mark, but... He had not been around for some time, for some reason. He abandoned them, is what Paul's claim was. And so, a sharp disagreement came between Paul and Barnabas. And so, yeah. So then Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. It wasn't like they left mad at each other. They just like, we don't need to have an argument over this. Well, they had a sharp disagreement. I I think they probably had some kind of argument. We're not really sure who was right or wrong about the situation. We just know that they disagreed sharply and went different directions. They're still doing the duty that they need to do, Just but they're doing it in different places mm-hmm. without each other because they weren't getting along about who they were going to take with them, and so Barnabas and Mark went one way, Peter took Silas and went a different way. And that's fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah. And then we have chapter, chapter 16. 16. And then the Philippian jailer converted. converted. Wait, is this the jail one I like? Probably. <gasps> This we'll is get the to it. What I like. So, on, <laughs> yes. something worth noting, though, is this is where a disciple named Timothy lived when Paul uh, came to Derby and then to Lystra. So, Lystra is where the, where Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewish 
and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers there spoke well of Timothy, and Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area. I don't, they... I don't understand that because, like, they, like, literally just fought for not having to circumcise people. Yep. Weird, huh? So Paul just was part of the argument against having to circumcise, right? Do you think that Timothy had to be circumcised? No. It said they did circumcise him. Did he have to be circumcised? No. Probably not. And the reason they bring up his father being Greek, it means that he wasn't raised in the Jewish customs and did not get circumcised at the, you know, eight days after being born or whatever. I don't understand the whole eight day thing. That was just a Jewish custom, okay? Like, why? I think it's based off some laws in the Old Testament. I think there was a law about doing it. It was to show them as a different... They were cut off... like. They are God's people. The old Israelites and stuff were separate from everybody else, and God wanted to make many reasons. He showed that in a lot of ways by how they ate, how they did things, how they cleaned themselves, and also the circumcision and naming. Okay, This was all part of his rules for them, his law, to show them as set apart. But Paul wanted to take Timothy with, but because of where he wanted... But where Paul was going had a lot of Jews who still followed the circumcision thing. And they knew that Timothy's father was Greek. Whereas Paul, I don't think was. I think Paul was Jewish. He was part of the Pharisees. Okay? So Paul was circumcised already. Like, because he had followed, like, his parents followed those traditions. So the Jews wouldn't listen to them if if he brought a Greek with them. So this was a way to reach them. It was a sacrifice Timothy was going to have to make. Probably. Probably. In order to be able to be a better minister to them. Sometimes we have, like, just because Paul wrote about this in other letters that he wrote. That we are free to eat other kinds of meat and things like that. But we shouldn't cause others to stumble. So I will not eat these things, at least in front of them and among them, or be well known to eat these things, in order to minister to them. Because they will close their ears if they think that you are not truly following God, right? So sometimes you have to follow those things. Like, is it a religious requirement for us to take our shoes off to go into a house? No, no. No, we can do. We can wear them if we want. You wear them all the time. I wear them all the time. But if I were to go into, say, a traditional Japanese home, they take their shoes off. I think they have like, some slip-on things to put on. I don't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But find you very dishonorable. <laughs> they would. They would find me dishonorable and disrespectful if I walked in with my shoes. And do you think they're going to listen to somebody they don't respect then because I'm being disrespectful and dishonorable? No. No, so I would take my shoes off. Yep. Obey their customs and they'll listen to you. As long as you're not breaking God's commandments in doing so. Correct. So, and, and Paul even talks about that to the Greek he became like a Greek and all this stuff. Like He has that in one of his things too. So, I yes, that's that's... He had to get circumcised. Well, he didn't have to, but they chose to do that so that they could actually reach these people. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. They probably would, actually. Not because they would be looking, but because there's, um, they might have record of it, or there's a lot of people that come to that, so this was, like, people would hear about it. I thought he was going to strut around. <laughs> it off. And everybody they would definitely listen to him then. No. <laughs> then Paul had a vision, it looks like. And that was to tell him to go to Macedonia, it looks like. Yes, exactly. Macedonia. Lydia's conversion in Philippi. Oh, 
There's another thing. Uh, I don't remember where it started. Shoot, where did that start? What start? Okay, so in the beginning of Acts 16, it talks about Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised it because of the Jews. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey, so the churches were strengthened. Then we have the Macedonian. Paul and his companion traveled throughout the region, so Paul and his companion did, uh, companions did this. Uh, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter. Uh, during the night, Paul had a vision. After Paul had seen the vision, after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Churoaz, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we we went to Neapolis. So now this. A lot of this had been they, he, them. Suddenly, the writing says we. A lot more. Um, why does that matter? It's just interesting. Who wrote this? Who wrote Acts? Luke. Which means Luke wasn't with them in the beginning. He had talked to people. He had learned things. Yeah, but I now, But now I he's actually traveling with Saul, Paul. Luke's actually traveling with them? Yeah. Yeah, he ends up traveling with them for a good chunk of this. It's just cool. It's just it's just neat to know because like you think about this as a story, right? So we're a, a true story, but a story. So we're just being told about it, not thinking that the person who's telling the story had actually been there, and he hadn't for part of it. He hadn't been for the gospel part, and he hadn't for the first part of Acts. But now he's there, and also considered one of the people that we need to preach and teach and all that stuff. So like, it's just really interesting. Um. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside to the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. Um, one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. King's she was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home if you consider me a believer in the house, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. And then we get to Paul and Silas in prison. Yay! Oh, no. Yay! It's my favorite prison part! Boo, that they have to go to prison. Yeah! It starts off with a um, female slave following him around. Yeah! With a spirit of divination, or, um, how's my say, spirit... By which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. So her fortune-telling was making a lot of money for the people that owned her. She was a slave. And she would follow Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Which isn't a lie. No, no, it's good, it's good. She's telling the truth. But she kept this up for many days. That's not really all that helpful. I think it's all in the same town, probably. Maybe, I don't know. But finally, Paul became so annoyed, is what mine writes, which I think is hilarious, that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her, which means she couldn't tell the future anymore, which means she couldn't make all that money anymore. And how do you think the owners felt about that? Very upset. To the microphone. Very upset. Yep. Um, I'm wondering why he didn't heal her sooner. Is it, did he think Patience, it was a... maybe. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I thought she, he would like just heal her. There's she a... probably welcomed it. I'm guessing, or at least the owners did. I don't know. I don't know the position. I don't know where she was at, but she allowed the spirit to work through her at least. Okay. Okay. Um. And so the owners dragged Paul and Silas to the marketplace to face the authorities and got them arrested. Yep. But to do so, they said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. And uh, maybe they were. I don't know. Maybe there was some stuff they were suggesting that they're not supposed to practice, but it didn't say they were. But we end up with a lot of lies about people to get people arrested, so... Um, Lying causes a lot of pain and a lot of difficulty for people. Uh, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, so they got them all into it, and they even flogged, well, they stripped Paul and Silas and beat them with rods, and then they were thrown into prison. Yeah. And they, looks like they fastened them into the inner cells and really got them locked up. Well, it was up to the main guard to keep them. There. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, you're being bound with your feet, with your hands in the center. Doors locked. You ain't leaving. Yeah, what was at the risk for the guard if they escaped? Death. Probably death, which is why he almost killed himself eventually. Probably, like, beating and stuff as well, because otherwise he would just, like, kill himself, I would guess. Possibly. Or, like, hanging. Yeah. Yep. So, what happened while they were locked up? Um... Oh, there was an earthquake that freed him, that freed all of them, and he was just about to kill it himself, um, and Peterson stopped. Peter wasn't there. Paul and Barnabas. Or, Silas. I gave big step two. It's all good, man. It's a P name. Um, and they told him to stop, and he, and because they're all still there, and he, um... Stops and looks around and notices they're all still there. Yep. Yeah, they were before that. They were even singing praises and stuff, weren't they? Like, we love you, Lord. And so, because of that, what happened? The police officer brought him home. Brought them home. The Roman soldier. The jailer. He wasn't a police officer. They didn't have anything like that back then. Well, he was called an officer. At least in some translation. Whatever. And when they, he took them outside and they, and him and his family, he asked, what do I have to do to be saved? And Paul told him, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And so him and his household got saved and believed as baptized. From my understanding, this is one of the verses that those that do uh, baby baptisms where they sprinkle water on a baby? Do you not know about this? I do. Okay, so I there's don't. some. Okay, so there's some religion, some Christian, the you know, div, uh, divisions or whatever. Like I think Lutherans, I know Catholics, they will sprinkle water on a baby to baptize them after they're born, believing that that's what saves them, or it's a part of it. Um, man, there's nothing in scripture to really support the idea of this. It might actually help with some kids, like out of scripture. Um, they'll be like, oh, I'm baptized. I should believe in Jesus. I do. I have to do this and do this. Uh, anyway, um, maybe, but the point here is that they will use this verse to, this section at least, to help support that idea that baby baptism makes sense. 
because his whole household was baptized. Now, it doesn't say, baby. It doesn't say that there was a single baby in that household. <laughs> it doesn't say he had any children at all. So. It, right, so like, it, whatever. It's an interesting and weak argument for that side, I would say, but... Um, anyway, so, yeah, so they were immediately, he and his household were all baptized, the jailer brought them to his house and set a meal, and then when daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul didn't leave in peace, did he? He's like, I'm part of the Roman. There was no fair trial, and I was beaten and thrown in jail? I'm not leaving! Yep. And so what happened? They were afraid, like, just leave, please. They came to make sure that they escorted them out and did whatever they could to make things cool because they did not want to get in trouble. <laughs> so. And so they left. Yep. And that is our chapters for this time around. Is there anything that stood out to you that you could apply to your life in these eight chapters? Me? Yes, Ruby. Anything come to mind from this session or from these chapters, Jadevire? Mm-mm. Nope. Is there anything you feel like you could apply to your life during our discussions? More Bible reading? Maybe be diligent in the things that you say you're doing? I don't know. I feel like they're just having a lot of visions and stuff, and there isn't much to think about otherwise. Yeah, I honestly, I honestly didn't feel... Strangely enough, I didn't feel like anything stood out to me to apply to my life either. I have things I'm working on. And, like, from these passages, like, you were talking about visions and stuff, I think the best thing is just to be recognizing God's calls and stuff to me, and being just more often in prayer with him, in conversation with him, so that I do know what he is trying to tell me. Always watching. And be just more diligent in my prayers so that I am open and ready to hear him, because otherwise I'm distracted by everything else around me. And then, yeah, um, besides that... Yeah, from these passages, I think that's about it for me. How about you? Are you good at your prayer life, Jadefire? Or is that something you could step up in as well? Um, no, I think I'm good. You pray often? I mean, not often. Um, mainly just like once a day because of um, our school basics. Hmm. So you're not doing any time on your own? I mean, now and then I'll do if I have like a real big problem I need help with, but I just don't. Like, just sit there or something. Well, let me encourage this, guys. And it's something I need to work on, too, because I'm also not very good at doing it on my own. This is what I'm going to encourage all of us, because I also slack a bit on my prayer life at times and do get distracted because I'm not in prayer so that I'm not thinking about God and therefore I'm not open to what he's trying to tell me. (laughs) Um, Is that you should be reading your Bible daily. Um... Obviously, you have your chapters you're supposed to read for school, but I would encourage reading even on the weekends outside of school. Just reading. It doesn't matter what you read in the Do Bible. Do you have any suggestions? Uh, suggestions? For you? Ruby. Ruby, I would start in Proverbs. Okay, I've heard some things about Proverbs. That's why you would suggest. I think it's, well, it's just a, it's, it's good wisdom, good wisdom. Um... And then you already have an idea of what you need to be reading, Jadefire. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can start there. Um, if you want to read Proverbs, too, I certainly wouldn't um, discourage you. But you do have other things to focus on. Um, but 
right before you read, you should probably pray to make sure that, like, and pray, you could pray for a lot of things, but also pray, like, to let the word speak to you, meaning what you read, let it actually, like, be understandable to you or what God wants you to understand out of it come out, okay? Yeah. And if you have questions, always be free to bring them up to me or your mother, okay? We might be busy sometimes, but we'll. I would definitely try to make time for a biblical question, okay? Okay. A lot um, of my questions are like, what does this thing mean? Yeah, and that's perfectly fine if you need to understand. But you can always um, use a dictionary or something, too. Um, but I would also just encourage praying right before you go to sleep. And maybe the first thing you do in the morning. Now, morning one's difficult because sometimes the reason you're waking up is because you have a sibling bouncing off your head or... You're being woken up by your parents because you're sleeping in, or fake sleeping in, or whatever. So I get that. If you're fake sleeping in, it's a perfect time to be praying, actually. But... Because you don't have to do the whole... Yeah, you don't have to... No, there's nothing special you have to do to pray. You just need to talk to God. Okay? And if it helps to, like, close your eyes and just imagine there's a person that looks like however you think God might look like, sitting right across from you, so that you're actually talking to somebody you can quote-unquote see, that's fine. Okay? Just whatever it takes for you to, like, re- recognize that he's actually there and you can talk to him. Because he's here right now. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. Okay, so we'll all work on that. We'll all try to pray right before we read our chapters for whatever, wherever we're at. And we'll all try to pray right before we go to bed. Okay, yeah. I think that's what we'll work on. That and actually reading our chapters. Mm-hmm. Sound good? All right, all right, let's pray. Uh, whose turn is it to close? Dear God, thank you for spending some with my um, father and sister and help us have um, a wonderful evening tonight and help us have a wonderful day tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Amen.